One, two, one, two. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. You're listening to the Stuff You Should Know podcast. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, this is more perfect from Radio Lab. <laughs> <laughs> is that the Supreme Court one? Yeah. More perfect. More perfect. We're going to give you... Today, we're <laughs> going to talk about... Um, a bunch of shit that doesn't matter. Felix Frankfurter Court. <laughs> and some guy that threw up on himself. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. I was trying to free ball it. Well, uh, who are some other Supreme Court? John Roberts? No, he's the current one. Who's the... Who's this the, the Roberts Court? The Warren Court was the... <laughs> the progressive one. Yeah, the progressive one. What? Who was the guy... Oliver Wendell Holmes. He was the one who like yeah. said euthanage, uh, euthan euthanizing, um, mentally handicapped, uh, mentally ill. Checks out. People was constitutional. Checks out. Who else was there? It's a it's a really weird disorient. Yeah. Um, Louis, no, it wasn't Louis Brandeis's court ever. Was it? he was a Supreme Court justice. He was a Supreme Court justice, yeah. but he wasn't ever a uh, chief justice. Chief justice. Right. I don't know, dude. I took a class in college on constitutional law, and uh, it was basically it was my senior like seminar class, and so I had to stay in that motherfucker for three hours every Wednesday, and it was just basically my professor was this guy named David Oshinsky. You may have heard of. Yeah, he, you he, talk about Oshinsky grading your papers. Yeah, he's a and grading pretty pretty harshly. Total fucking hard ass. He had a Pulitzer, and that's probably why he uh, he, he he won a Pulitzer for a book on polio. Did he, did he work his tail off for that? <laughs> I worked my butt off for that, man. I worked my tail off for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he was really into the Supreme Court. He's like, every day, he would be, uh, he, he really loves the Warren Court, I guess. I don't know, man. Supreme Court, I mean, obviously it's the big top topic du jour, right? Or, or we're going to touch it today. <laughs> I've listened to I've listened to three quarters of a season of More Perfect. That's that's how qualified that's I am your, to speak that, on that's this. That's your research for this episode. I just know that it's un, an undemocratic legislature ran by uh, basically, man, you could put a a monkey and a horse in there and do better than these yahoos. <laughs> Is that what they say? I'm more perfect. Uh, no, that's for my analysis. What is stops. the what is the name? What is the theory behind the name "more perfect"? Is it like um? I think it's just a reference to the preamble, right? No, what's the preamble? No, bro, I don't know the fucking Shit, constitution. Bro, I forget how it goes. Uh, in order to form a more perfect union, I guess mm. is where we get that from. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You want to touch it? What do we got to say about it? The um, the funniest, the funniest thing you could say about it, uh, you know, because I try to look in all situations for the funniest actual scenario. The funniest actual scenario would be if RBJ, RBJ died tomorrow, <laughs> or, or died RBG this, died, yeah. if RBG died this week or something. Goddamn, dude. <laughs> dude, actually, it might be. It actually might be the best thing for the left cause. <laughs> For RBG to be our Jesus Christ, uh, because then the libs would be spun into a hell world. Like they would start adopting our <laughs> point of view. They're bombing federal. The buildings. only reason they're not. <laughs> the only reason they're not embracing leftism is because Ruth Bader Ginsburg still breathes. 
I think it's actually an RPG kind of a racist. Uh, yeah, did she have a racist thing that she said a few uh, years ago? Maybe a year or two ago. I mean, granted, she's I mean, like dude, she's 97. Like yeah, exactly. I can't expect her to have exactly. If you're in, in a, on a long enough timeline, all white people are going to turn into virulent racist if they live to be, you know. The only the only decently progressive person on the court is Sotomayor. Sotomayor. Yeah. Um, that's about all you got. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. But I don't know, man. It, it's a, it's probably it's a reactionary institution, and you know why? Um, Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a reactionary institution because it upholds the, um, it upholds corporations. Corporations. Well, here's the thing. I don't know. I was trying to figure out how I wanted to talk about all this because yeah. you know, I without without. <laughs> You know, actually knowing what we're talking about, really. Well, last night I had a, a bit of an insight. You know, uh, your girlfriend said that we need to define our terms. We need to define our terms. She's saying that to you now, too? <laughs> she was. She was. You weren't paying attention. You were watching football. <laughs> God damn it. Close that I, bookcase. I think I unhooked myself here. You can't hear yourself anymore? No. <laughs> Fuck. I got it. I got it. All right, hold on. Okay, okay, okay. I'm back. I think. My bad. Oh man. Trying to trying to hide the fact that you've read David (laughs) Halberstam's The Best and the Brownest. That's a pretty fascinating book. Um, There's also another book up there that would probably be relevant to our interest: A People's History of the Supreme Court. Let's take it. Where's that? Uh. It's got a it's got an orange spine, um, dude. It's fucking. I don't know. I don't see it. Okay. Well, know. who knows? Who knows where it is? We'll come back to it. Alex said we need to define our terms. She said we need to define our terms, and also another thing. Okay, we we need to do a few things. Well, well yeah. Okay, go for it. <laughs> well, no, what were you gonna say? No, go for it. We need to define our terms. We need to probably stop being so arrogant and self-righteous. Another thing, though, that we have to do as leftists is probably stop. Be a little more patient. We with, probably, with, with liberals? We need to, well, not just liberals, but anybody, anybody anybody in general. Like, you know, you can't approach this thing going on with the Kavanaugh thing like, I fucking told you, man. The whole Listen, system yeah, okay. is rotten. The whole fucking thing's so, gotta yeah. go. You so, smash so, it. so... <laughs> The reference being we we upset a couple of friends because <laughs> perhaps our something that we threw out that was very boilerplate in the niche we occupy is kind of inflammatory. Yeah. To some folks, and that's not to say that they're stupid; or they don't understand. It's just that you have to understand we spend several hours a day in a hell world, <laughs> <laughs> a literal den of iniquity. Well, the thing is, is that at this current moment, uh, we live in a culturally com being the- right. Yeah, I know what you mean. In our current moment, we live in a culturally unprecedented moment, right? It's right. like I was saying last night. We live in a moment that is the contradictions of the system are being pushed into your face more than at any other time right. in my lifetime. Yeah. Well. That's not true. Maybe 2008 financial crisis was like a sort of similar reckoning with like the DNA of this system. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what is it? Who is it for? What yeah. does it do? What you know? Who does it serve? What, what purpose is it? Which is which? Honestly, and and listen, 
which makes my which is kind of another reason for our frequent critiques of Obama. Okay, because he had the chance to take the ball there, like he had every advantage in a mandate. Well, here's the thing, and coming off the heels of that, it, and this is why this is why we have to go even further beyond that. Because I was just interjecting there because you said the 2008 crisis. Right, right. Well, the thing is, is that there's nothing Obama could have done. There's nothing. There's nothing. The current state, as it is constituted. Where are you going? Say more about that. <laughs> Where are you going with that, buddy? There's nothing that the state can do by its very nature. Its, yeah, oh, yeah, its yeah, entire yeah, yeah. purpose yeah, totally. is to facilitate the expansion of industrial well, society. That's why I say that. It's like if, if something could have been done, it would have been done in the first two years of the Obama administration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But even okay, let's run the tape. Ba- let's run the tape backwards, and we get burning two thousand eight. There's nothing he could have done. No. There's nothing that a um, liberal or progressive politician can do in any of these positions of power mm-hmm. that um, significantly alter the system in any way. Right. Because by the virtue of its basic architecture, yeah. it's rotten. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's like, you know, and, and so I guess that's what we mean by it's like, like when you put drywall over dry rotted <laughs> beams in your ceiling, like your ceiling, like my ceiling, exactly. for example. My ceiling <laughs> is a good metaphor for the, all three branches of <laughs> our government. Yes, if you want to see what we're talking about, come to Tom's apartment and look at the ceiling. Yeah. Just crudely speckled, speckled paint or whatever the fuck it's called. Over it. <laughs> over, uh, there was an aerosol can in the drywall. <laughs> I think that could have exploded at any time. It just, yep, just blown the whole fucking ceiling over. Oh, yeah. No. Um, anyway, anyways, I'm sorry, that's old news. So, you know. Riff on. That's what we got. We got the, we've got that. What we mean by, like, it doesn't make any sense to try to, Cause like all I'm con- all I'm concerned with right now, I'm, we're not going to spend any time dissecting the hearing. I don't, you know, like there's nothing we can say about that hearing that hasn't already been said. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We it was a grotesque display of power, of of masculinity, of domination, of all the worst impulses of humanity. Right? Totally. So there's really nothing we can say about it. All I'm concerned with is how the fuck do we fix it? Yeah. And and that's what everybody's concerned with. Yeah. This is a point when everybody seems to be asking that question, whether they're liberal yeah. or radical or whatever. And I am only saying this because my fucking mentions were filled, have been filled over the past week with people saying, what are the fucking options, man? What are your alternatives? What do you propose? Which is a fair question. because Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A totally fair question. Right. A totally fair question. So I guess what I'm saying is that like when I say liberalism and when I indict it, I guess what I'm saying is the notion that you can work with the institutions as they currently exist, yeah. work within them to change or significantly alter the trajection of or the trajectory of the crisis as yeah. it currently exists. Yeah, and also if we wanted to get heady about a bigger definition of liberalism, it's kind of the tree that all the branches of socialism, <laughs> communism, everything else, kind of fascism, whatever, whatever. As laid out by Matt Chrisman on that episode. That's actually, you know, I actually didn't think about that, but that's true. Um, you know, it contains the sort of seeds of a lot of different yeah. uh, ideologies and whatever. Isms. Isms. Ologies and isms. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, and and so I guess what you know when we say you know it's insufficient to, uh, you know, there's a quote by Bill Clinton that perfectly sums this up. What does he say? He says the problems with this country, the things there's that are nothing wrong, wrong with this country that can't be, can't be solved by what's right with this. Exactly. Country. That to me is liberalism distilled. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, and I'm not including like the Enlightenment definition of it or this sort of ideology that grew out of. Um, the sort of emergent bourgeoisie in the 18th, 19th centuries. I'm just including right now the problems in front of us. Mm. That's sort of liberalism distilled, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, and so it's like, you know, what what do we do to actually change it? You know, what are our options? We can't rely on the two party system. We can't even rely really on any kind of form of electoralism. Mostly because we don't have a parliamentary government in this country. Right. You know, we don't have a, a representative government in this country. Yeah. Um, we have one that what it kind of resembles one. It is sort of instituted to resemble one. Only actually one of the houses was the yeah. representatives. The Senate is a completely undemocratic legislature. <laughs> it's a complete with no yeah. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No purpose <laughs> and an un <laughs> and really. <laughs> And really, I don't know why I'm doing the Trump thing. <laughs> and listen, folks, tremendously useless, tremendously useless, <laughs> gross abuse of power. And really, though, no, really, it has an inordinate amount of power for just like, why does it exist? Right. It's, it's a hang around from the Roman Empire, right? Or, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's because the founders were obsessed with the Roman the Empire. Romans, yeah. <laughs> it would literally be like if a bunch of nerds got around. That's what the founding fathers were. They were nerds with money and basically had the capacity to send other people to fight this revolutionary war for Which them. Which is like anything anybody does, right? Like, I mean, as bad as we had to admit when we started this up, we were inspired by a Chapo or, you know, other stuff that was out there. You take influences. Right. <laughs> I heard I heard the rapper I heard the rapper The Game say this one time that what he did to learn how to rap was he started rapping other people's verses and then he would change the names. <laughs> to like be, you know, his sets and him and right. all that kind of stuff. And then yeah, before yeah, long, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, what I'm saying is everybody starts out as a phony, yeah, and uh, and like adopting time, a pose, and yeah. then uh, then eventually the pose takes hold and you become like a real phony. <laughs> and that's, that's true. What, that's what the United States is. <laughs> yeah, Hunter S. Thompson when he first started writing would literally rewrite. Her Hemingway and F. Scott Fitzgerald for right. hours. Yeah, just trying to get their style. Down. Yeah, and then he became a phony of his own. A phony of his own. <laughs> so unless you're Jesus Christ, the first person that ever lived, yeah, you're just copying everybody. <laughs> you're just referential. You're right. Sampling. You're right. So it's like you know, liberal liberal politics are insufficient to to tackling and addressing and changing this absolutely abhorrent, grotesque display of power we saw this past week. Right. Because. I mean, you know, again, I said I wasn't going to get into the hearing, and I'm really not, but the the overall takeaway from that hearing is that the Democrats totally folded, yeah. whether out of cynicism because they want to use it for an election or because they are totally in unprepared. Or just were unprepared for it or whatever the case give a shit. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. Because they all, they're all part of the same state. And, and when I... Also, let me just say, just to clarify, when I threw out the sad inflammatory tweet that that, you know got the reaction i was more or less talking about democrats like they're faced with a choice right well democrats and anybody who 
upholds the upholds idea of them. liberalism. It upholds them, like that 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 well, kind of thing. Upholds them as an institution. It's two things. It upholds them as an institution, but anybody who thinks that liberalism is a path to liberation. Yeah, right. It's you know, it's there are a lot of limitations to that, and there's no way we're going to be able to actually get into all of them in this episode. Right. But um, our argument is that you know because they're insufficient. Look. It you should know, also be mentioned too that we come out of that. Yeah, look, this is this is <laughs> it's a not thing. like we just like <laughs> weren't ever liberals. And oh, I was thinking about this last night, dude. I totally erased. I don't understand that experience. Oh, I totally all. erased this from my memory. I don't know if you remember this. In 2014, I applied for and was offered a job as an organizer on Wendy Davis's campaign. I almost took that job. I remember you almost <laughs> took that job. Yeah. I almost went and organized for one of the most, you know, liberal, sort of bourgeois, tepid yeah. politicians you can think of. We totally come out of this I world. I worked for the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> I was a Clintonite. <laughs> exactly. Like I saw the sausage being made. <laughs> so yeah, no, like we're, this is part of our this is part of our process of, uh, we speak on it from good authority. <laughs> this is part of our process of prostrating ourselves. We're being we're being humble. We're saying, look, yeah. you know, like this we once totally bought into this. Well, I mean, it's not not that we totally bought into this. It's just that, like, looking at the system, it's like, how do you change it? What do you do? Yeah. Especially in a, st- a state like Texas. You know, it's like, oh, uh, a politician like Wendy Davis or Beto is, like, that's, you know, that's a, a step in the right direction. As you would say, it's moving the needle. Okay. <laughs> Right. Because you don't, there's, without any other alternatives or options, like, what do you do? What else are you going to do? What are you going to yeah. do? No. Yeah. So, like, the the only other alternative, and it's the correct moral position, but not only that, not only is it the correct moral position, it's the correct scientific position. The only alternative is socialist politics. Yeah. The reason why, the reason why it is a, you know, and this is why earlier in the DM we are talking about, you know, a guide to socialism and capitalism for the working class or whatever. Yeah. It's like... I think the the biggest point you have to point out when you're talking about socialist politics is that it is not utopian. It is actually anti-utopian by its very nature. Right. What I mean by that is, like, first of all, as a theoretical framework, it's not utopian. It's scientific. Utopian would be you can actually <laughs> control capitalism. You can make a nicer, softer capitalism. That's utopian. That's utopian because yeah. it's not scientific. There's yeah. no evidence to back that up. There is... To, to botch an idiom in Terrence Ray fashion... <laughs> That's trying to fit a triangle peg through a square <laughs> hole. Yes, exactly. An o- a cylindrical it, peg the into right is, you know, a, a two round peg into a square <laughs> hole, right, or something like that. I always get it backwards. Right. <laughs> but you're exactly right. Because they're incompatible. The scientific theory of socialism says this. It says that the history of mankind has been the struggle of classes. All right. You know, and that takes different forms, obviously. There, but you know, you can pretty much pull out some, you know, some recurring patterns. Right. You know, there is an oppressor class and there is an oppressed class. Right. And the, the engine that drives history forward is the struggle of those classes. Right. 
So that's that's a scientific cornerstone of it. Another is that s- capitalism is riven with contradictions. Right. So much so that it will eventually ensure its own destruction. It's suicidal. I'm not. Su- yes, exactly. I, I love saying that. It's suicidal. <laughs> capitalism is suicidal. <laughs> it's suicidal and it's insane. It makes no sense, even from a you know even from a rational standpoint. It's it. I mean, or a scientific standpoint or whatever. It makes no sense. Um. And the thing, the the features of it that um, make it look like it's an adaptable system, like it's good at adapting and whatever, are actually features of the system that are necessary. For example, crises. Yeah. A financial crisis is actually not ex- not proof that capitalism is good at adapting. Financial yeah. crisis is part of it. You part need of it. it. It's built in. It's built in. Yeah. It, it, if, it's if, not an aberration or something that just sort of like, oh, this can go. What, what? This is what goes wrong when it runs amok. No. Yeah. It's built in. <laughs> it's not. It's it's um. If if we stopped having crises, then we would stop having capitalism. Yeah. It's a necessary part. And why uh, is that? It reminds me of. I don't mean to, because <laughs> you're on a good roll. But it reminds <laughs> me of that good tweet you had. Hey, I saw the movies, The Big Short, yeah. Moneyball. <laughs> <laughs> I know how they all work, baby. I know, I know, see, I know how this all goes down. <laughs> the reason why crisis is crucial to a capitalist system is because, and we've seen, you know, it's funny that, like, we have had a, a sort of slew of books that have come out in the last five or six years or so that, like, actually demonstrate this with empirical evidence. The first is that over a long enough period of time, the rate of profit falls. This is what Piketty was writing about in that capital book, whatever. Yeah, Thomas Piketty. Right, because the the in capital, in capital the the rate of profit is, is going to fall. Uh, is uh, is going to implode on long enough timeline. <laughs> exactly, uh, because of the productive capacity of the labor force is constantly going to be expanding. Therefore, the capitalists have to figure out a way. To make more profit. The way they do that is endless speculation, endless credit, which results in bubbles, which results in crises, which results in destruction of capitalism. This is part of the game. Yes. The only reason me and you are sitting here right now and talking about this is because in our lifetimes, we witnessed the single, the single-handedly one-day worst demolishing of capital of that we've ever seen yeah. since the 1930s. Yeah. The the most, you know what I mean, like the the most destruction of capital that's yeah. been observed in this country yeah. in over 70 years yeah. in 2008. Yeah. And so it's it like destroyed my mom's retirement. <laughs> yeah, it really destroyed. Did. Yeah, it destroyed a lot of people's retirements, a lot of people's lives. This is part of the system though. Yeah. How does this relate to the Kavanaugh stuff? How does it relate to everything going on right now? It's that it's that the bourgeois state, as it is currently constituted, it need it. I don't know. I guess for me, like that hearing was the perfect sort of look into um, what this system values, right. the people that it facilitates, it, the people that it it pushes upwards into uh, positions of power, and like without any kind of framework for understanding that, without any kind of framework for challenging it, what you're left with is nihilism. You throw your hands up, you say, there's no alternatives, you know, fuck it, I'll just sit out until the 2020 election, I'll just sit it out until the next midterm election or whatever. It provides you no way to whatever. And so, um, you know, and I guess what I meant earlier when I said that, like, the socialist, you know, position on this, the reason it's not utopian is that, uh, exactly as I said, as a theoretical framework, it's not utopian, it's scientific, but also as a society, it's not utopian. 
when we say we want a socialist society and egalitarian society, we're not saying that we can fix human impulses, jealousy, rage, racism, racism, any of the you know, any, any, sexism, yeah, whatever. Yeah, any of that stuff. I mean, I think we on a on an institutional scale, of course we I think we can do that. Absolutely. Yeah. But we are not going to fi- fix you know, individual human impulses. Yeah, like I, I know common liberal refrain is like the Hillary Clinton thing. Well, Bernie Sanders' policies aren't going to end racism. Yeah. And it's like... Well, it's like that, uh, didn't Fred Hampton say it? Like, you know, if a white man wants to lynch me, that's his problem. If he has the power to do it, that's my problem. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's... that's And that's the point. Like, that's, right. you know, individuals... Under this, I mean, anyways, it doesn't even matter that we're arguing this point. Um, We're not even, I don't even believe that um, to actually reach people, you have to uh, appeal to them on some strictly class based whatever. That's not what I'm saying either. I'm saying that, like, all of the things that are sort of um, that facilitate those kinds of behaviors and things in our society, they're upheld by the class system. Right. By the fact that you have an oppressor class and, a pre- and an oppressed class. And, and that's it. That's like, that's really all it comes down to. Yeah. It's as simple. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I didn't stick the landing on this one. It's like Democrats and Republicans, man. <laughs> <laughs> not joke. Uh, I, I didn't stick the landing on this. Anyways, I guess the point, though, is that, like, um, you know, when we say that, like, voting isn't going to get you out of this... It's that, um, you know, we've said this on the past couple of episodes, um, and I'll just state it again in this context. Like, voting is a act of individualism in a age of mass consumption and mass marketing. Its entire purpose is to make you a better consumer. This was probably not the case a hundred years ago when, like, Rosa Luxemburg was writing. They were writing about women's suffrage. They were writing about um, suffrage for black people. You know what I mean? Fighting for those things. Those things were meaningful things to fight for. Yeah. Obviously. But now in the state that we live in, the day and age that we live in. Not for for nothing, but communist fighting for those. (laughs) Right, right, right. Whatever. Well, it's interesting to read... um, I spent most of my day yesterday reading Social Reformer Revolution by Rosa Luxemburg, and it's uh, a... Look at you. got a smart boy (laughs) over here. And it's, um, you know, a point that she makes in it isn't that you abandon, um, isn't that you abandon the struggle for political rights or political representation or any of those things. The point that she makes is that that those are a means to an end. If we're trying to create a revolutionary moment, we have to engage in that struggle together. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't abandon it. We can't cede that territory to the right or whatever. Right. Um, and so, you know, I fully agree with that. I do not think, I fully believe this, I do not think that that looks like collaborating with the Democratic Party. Yeah. That is not the same thing. Yeah. They'll sell you down the river every time. Yeah, and there's uh, there's a strong body of evidence to prove that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. That we've noticed just in our lifetimes. We yeah. don't even need a history book to go back <laughs> and read that, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's even if, you know, let's flip it over to like the DSA sort of, uh, and again, not to wade into the murky waters of electoralism is one of our three banned topics again. But it's something you've said. It's like, 
they run they'll run these people and then once they lose they just, just sort of banish them to the dustbin and then it's like <laughs> you know it's like you just don't ever hear from hear from them anymore right 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 yeah yeah no it's it's been a really weird and disorienting week because um i mean shit man it's like if you care about wanting to see the world be a better kinder nicer place it's like obviously you know you're probably in a pretty bad headspace right now yeah because a, a lot of bad shit is happening um but i guess that's why i said we need to be more patient you know it's yeah. just like um what 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 i don't know what is actually needed to actually change this yeah. is long term you know dedication yeah. long term sacrifice and so with that is going to have to come patience yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know, like browbeating people or saying like, you know, I was right. I told you, blah, 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 is probably not going to help. The prudent cause. strategy, but also <laughs> more to the point where we live, it's definitely not a prudent strategy because we don't have the luxury really of <laughs> of castigating and leaving people up because their numbers are so few. You know right. what I'm saying? If we're, I'm talking about like organizing locally and all that kind of stuff. And... The other part to that is, is like, as bad as I hate to see this point, is a lot of reactionary elements in the working class. Right, 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 So right. it's not like you're going to have like even, sometimes even halfway principled, and what I mean by principled is not like an indictment on their character, but like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. No, this is a, this is a huge challenge for the left. Yeah. Because the working class is the only vehicle that we have that can actually institute change. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's in, and so we have to find a way to, um, you know, and I think unionism or whatever is probably is the best way to do this. But like, we have to find a way to spread liberation politics, to yeah. spread socialist politics through the working class, and um, you know, I, I, I think personally just from the things I've seen in my lifetime and the things that I've wanted to see happen, that's your only hope. Yeah. You're, you know, you're not, okay, like, let's say, for example, <clears throat> Kavanaugh does get um, elected or nominated or whatever. They voted And it's in. looking like that's going to happen. It probably will. I mean, yeah. who the fuck knows? Um, I I think it probably will wind up happening. Regardless, RBG's probably going to fucking die any day now. <laughs> God damn. And then they're going to have to do the exact same thing over again. And we're going to be in this constant state of, you know, just darkness. Because, like, here's the thing. Like, liberals run the media and they run the discourse. And so, <laughs> well, okay. The, the, the I'm sorry. I'm saying the, like, general um, polarity of the media is liberal. Center, right. center left. Right. And so when they're freaking out about something, we as radicals are going to be freaking out about it because they're our friends. And, yeah, like your cousins. You right, know? right. And they control the discourse. Yeah. And so when someone's freaking out about someone, it, they have something that makes you freak out about it. Yeah. And so it's like we have to engage that, though. Yeah. But that's not our biggest target. You no. know what I mean? Our our target is the working masses. Yeah. You know, because like... a. a the liberal sort of managerial class, they can't offer us anything anyways. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, it does because socialism is in their interest, you know, as human beings. Uh, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't... It's it's actually against their interest as, you know, 
members of the bourgeois. Man, the managerial class. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Can't have managerial <laughs> class and have socialism. Right, but right, yeah. Right. But it's it's hard, man. It's tricky because like I also do think as a socialist because socialism for me is a moral position. Mm-hmm. It's not just an intellectual one or a scientific one, whatever. It is a moral position. And this is why yeah. people will say, like, I can't believe you're not smarter than that or whatever. It's like intelligence has nothing to do with it. Has it has nothing to do with politics. Yeah. And because <laughs> yeah. it's a moral position, it's like for that reason, you have to side All with right. uh, Ford, with um, Christine Blasey Ford and, and every other person, regardless of uh, what their background is. Right. They are oppressed. Right. You know, and, and I don't know. And I don't know. We. I don't know. Ted Cruz is a smart guy. <laughs> Ted Cruz is a smart guy. Tom Cotton's a smart guy. Right, right. But it doesn't mean top of their class, however, law right. school, but where's their moral clarity? Where right. is their moral courage? That's right. right. Yes, exactly. Without any kind of like moral compass, what are you? You can be smart as fuck. <laughs> hey, uh, James Woods is a bona fide piece of shit, but he's, I hear he's got like a 400 IQ or some shit. Yeah, that's true. Oh, dude, he is one of the worst people ever. Yeah. No, it's it's rough, man. I mean, like you you watch that hearing, you're like, this is uh, this is our enemy. This is who we're up against. Yeah. And I don't know, me personally, like watching that, it's just like I would relish, take immense pleasure in seeing a person like that, not only get discredited and uh, you know tossed aside, but physically harmed in some way. Yeah. I would, I would genu- I would genuinely feel happy. Yeah. To see them physically inconvenienced. Whether it's they're getting their heads cut off, <laughs> getting shot, getting bricks thrown at them. Whoa now, pal. Whoa now, pal. But anyways, um, you know, um, yeah, that's what's at stake. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's what's at stake. But also another point about socialism that I don't feel liberalism really addresses at all is just the tearing down of that elite class, too, in general. Like the whole prep school thing that births these people. Yeah. That has birthed every president we've produced, every almost every senator, almost every representative we've produced. Well, that's because, like, yes. Like, exactly. that's part of it. It's not only just the state. It's also just sort of the bourgeois society anyway that yeah. produces the kingmakers and all this kind of thing. That's because liberals want to preserve that. They just want it to be diverse. They want it to be um, nicer. Look, you can't. They want it to be it's, I mean, it's the same reason they trot out, you know, Oprah and George Clooney and all these kind of people, like these absurdly wealthy people. Right. You know, to, like, it's it's like they want a nicer version of that. Well, it's like, I guess, it, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, it, and it's like I said, um, you, it's like I've said before, you can't bargain it's, with it's that. It's like, you know, we even have one of those guys on that seemed to kind of, you know, even agree with that sentiment in, in some ways. Right, right, right. Well, the problem is, though, man, is that in the end, in the long run, capital will eat us all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not... It is an unsustainable system. It is a suicidal system. Yeah. It is... It's... I don't know. It's a totally amoral, just death machine. Yeah. And like, and And you can't bargain with that. Yeah. You can't compromise with it in any way. And so, you know, I'm just... I you know I just want people to to think about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, there's nothing you can do to tame that. <laughs> no. <laughs> nothing in our power we can do to tame that. No. And the thing is, it's like uh, for me, that that episode of Pod Damn America that Matt Crispin was on spelled out a lot of this for me, and it's like 
socialism is the only one of those that's like it's going somewhere you know what i mean the rest of them end in death destruction despair you know all this kind of thing but there's a heart with egalitarianism you know what i'm saying there's yeah <laughs> no you're right you're right i mean you know. the, well the thing is is that um yeah i d- I don't know. It's like uh, you... It's going somewhere because trying to preserve the system as it currently is is like, look, here's what we could do. I mean, let's say, for example, this is of utmost urgent importance because last night I got this fucking notification. Elizabeth Warren hints that she might run for president in 2020, which means that she's running, right? right? Yeah. She's putting out the whatever. If you're hinting, you're doing it. Right, right, right. Yeah. And um, and what was going to wind up happening is we're going to have a rehashing of 2016 in the sense that she's going to offer you a version of socialism or progressivism or whatever that, that posits that... Um, incremental reforms can be used to control the system. Yeah. There is some truth to that. You know, and FDR sort of proved it. What happened, though, is that he wound up saving capitalism by doing so. Right. And prolonged this problem. Kick the can down the road. Yeah, kick the can down the road and prolonged this problem of the central question, which is that we all have to work to stay alive. Right. That is the one thing every American has in common. Yeah. I mean, even if you're a capitalist, well, actually, you don't. You're a non-producer. You don't actually work for shit. You just collect money. And you're right. Like, same as your landlord. Yeah. But in the oppressed class, yeah. all of us have to work to survive. Yeah. That's our central sort of main concern. And right. every other sort of concern um, grows outward from that. Yeah. Um, if we don't solve that very fundamental fact, wh- what are we looking at? I mean, we're looking at a a climate that is going to increase by seven degrees by the Trump administration's own mission. Yeah, which by is, their conservative, um, okay. which is like terrifying. And yeah. their position is essentially, well, we're fucked anyway, right. so let's just keep. We're going to have that. We're going to have a Supreme Court that is still going to be run by a conservative majority. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm not. I'm not trying again. I'm not trying to like browbeat people or push them into a corner and be like, this is the only option you have. Yeah. But it's kind of the only option you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's it's a matter of if you want to put a Band-Aid on problems. I mean, this is such a cliche and kind of dumb and really I shouldn't even say it. But or do you want to try to like nip it in the bud and rectify the situation? You know? Yeah, things can get I mean, incrementalism. I mean, like for four months for four years for 12 years can you know make things better make things better for absolutely sure. you're not wrong in that assessment but if what we're talking about is really ending the problems that capital produces for good you know what i mean yeah 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 what we're talking about is a worker state yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like that solves the fundamental question here yeah and again it's not utopian or anything all it does is it removes the profit motive from all of our relations, all yeah. of our relationships, all of our, um, you know, it removes the profit motive from society's productive capacity. Yeah. And um, 
and that is central yeah. to liberation. Yeah. And also, you know, when the criticisms of like gender and race come into this and all this kind of thing, it's like, well, well you mean to tell me that you'd tell Rosa Luxemburg who said that she would get shot down in the street for the socialism that that feminism's not compatible with that? Oh yeah, but you yeah, get, Bro- Rosa Luxemburg was a was ob- obviously a socialist feminist. Nah. I mean, she wrote a lot about um, the suffrage movement. I mean, dude, uh, you gonna go uh, to Burkina Faso tell Thomas Sankara that died for this? That yeah, well, I mean, like that's just an example of like having a conversation on their terms. It's like, of course, those things are are. Yeah. Inherent it's built to socialism. In. It's built in. <laughs> and if anybody says that they aren't, then they're probably a cop. You know? <laughs> yeah. You should probably get away from them as quickly as you can. You know, and it and it and it's not I don't know, to me, it's like we live in this really weird dystopia where people think that if you talk about class, yeah. it is this separate thing from race and everything else. But to me, it's like it's all sort of the same. I yeah. mean um, you know, obviously I I, I don't mean that like I don't know how I mean that. I guess what I'm saying is that, like... Well, let me have, let me just throw this bone out here. When we're talking about the working class, how do you skate over the fact that we're talking about disproportionately black and brown people? Yeah, 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 yeah. That we're talking about disproportionately <laughs> women, single women. <laughs> right, right, right. That right. raised sons right. like me. Right. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, no, class is just the way that we structure the society. Yeah. The things that, but, like... But in the liberal imagination, too often times... And, and we're guilty of this because early on in the show, I feel like we didn't make these distinctions clearly, probably because, me, myself, I'm still learning, even right now... But too often times when you say class, that little thing goes off in the back of that. Even for me, that says, oh, you're talking about white coal miners. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're talking about you're yeah. talking about white people in Appalachia. No, we're not. We're talking about it all. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And not just that. We're not even talking about individuals. We're talking about a structuring of society, yeah. a way of allocating resources. Yeah. yeah. And the very basic fact that still it doesn't matter um whether you're black white or whatever you have to work to stay alive right this is an entirely new um supposition this did not exist before capitalism right capitalism introduced an economic relation to to other people a natural response to just exactly feudalism was not that you yeah. know you had certain um, rights under your feudal lord or whatever and your relationship to him was this like complex web of patronage and all this other stuff yeah. we now live in a hell world where your only relationship to others is on an economic basis right you know and so like that's the sort of DNA you know what I mean like that's the thing you have to alter that's the thing you have to change yeah and you should absolutely be harnessing the revolutionary potential of all the things that are embedded in that. Yeah. Race, gender, all those other stuff. That's yeah. the only way we smash that class-based system. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. like people people try to do that. People try to be yeah. like, well, what about gender? What about They try to derail. But also, let me just they point this like out. Let me, just, let me just point separate. this out, too. When you're talking about the ruling class, on the other hand, you're talking about disproportionately white men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, if you're going to come at me for my economic analysis, you better know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, it's like, yeah, like, there's, there's, I don't know, man. It's, this is not to, dis- I mean, like, we live in a very, um, 
you know, like the the moment we are currently in at this, you know, at, right now is, um, like I said earlier, the sort of full, all the contradictions of the system are on full display. And I'm talking about not just the economic system, but the political system and everything no. attached to it. So a lot of people are asking a lot of questions. And it's just like, I don't know, as radicals, it's like I was telling Van Newkirk or whatever last week and a little dust up. It's like, as radicals, our position and our role should not be pushing people back into this system. Um, that is, you know, I obviously think people should vote. I obviously think people should exercise political agency in the system. I do not think that... <clears throat> We trying, should overrate its uh, its efficacy. It's, yes, we should overrate its efficacy. We shouldn't overrate. And that we should yes, in that we should try. And I don't think that we should try to harness that as any sort of vehicle for change. Yeah, it's because it's. I would just the thing with the electoral people that I would love for, to hear is the acknowledgement that of the limitations of that, because <clears throat> so often to me anyway. And maybe not necessarily from those people, but definitely from the people that are running for office and the people around them present this as there's so much at stake. Here. <laughs> you have no fucking idea. If you don't put me in there and let me put my fucking uh, Penn Station subs on a federal account and, you know, groom my dog and buy right. my fucking party supplies <laughs> on the taxpayer dime. <laughs> Just so that you know, so you don't get somebody in here that. Uh, well, dude, I don't know. Maybe that's that's the thing is. A gross, this but. is a this is a lesson I learned early on in life. If you were a wasp, a waspy person in this country, you probably learned this lesson at some point. There's nothing in this life that, if you don't fight for it, is is worth. Wait, I'm not wording this correctly. Um, if you want anything, if it's that, an idiom, <laughs> you could set your watch by. You're going. I'm going to fuck it up. Uh, <laughs> Carry on, though. <laughs> Anything, like, valuable to you in life is worth fighting for. Yeah. You have to fight for it. Voting is easy. It's easy to sit, receive political messaging from a candidate in your own private little world, in your house, on your computer, or whatever, go to a voting In your booth, ivory tower. <laughs> right, and punch a button. Yeah. It's not easy to entrench yourself in a decades-long struggle of trying to up in things of yeah. trying to change the basic fact that the entire productive capacity of this human civilization full of all of its potential is put towards profit that's it that's the best we can fucking do like creative intelligent you know what i mean like that, that all all of that potential is just put towards making money fucking, for the already established yes. ruling class exactly like that is a much harder thing to do, but it's the only thing worth fighting for. Yeah, it's the only <laughs> thing worth fighting for. But also, more to the point, is like if in, if we're going to talk about privilege discussions and all that stuff, who gets in on the ground floor to benefit from that so much? The already established working class. And the only thing that all your stories about the you know the people from the middle class or the hard scrabble people that pulled their bootstraps and started the startup, whatever, and got wealthy, what about them? Well, you're just creating the new. <laughs> The new ruling class for the future. <laughs> right. Well, and again, this is something that Marx pointed out. Those people are necessary to the preservation of the system. Yeah. Um, all technological progress, and that's a hallmark of capitalism, right? Technologi all technological process comes from 
innovators in the sort of bottom rung of the small capitalists sort of uh, strata or whatever. Yeah. They eventually get bought out or totally cannibalized by the, the by the ones at the top. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um anyways. <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> anyways, uh you got to fight for it. Um voting is easy. You should vote. You should you should try to um you should be thinking about what it means to um exercise our rights uh in the political arena obviously whether that's through electoral struggles or struggles or whatever go ahead no i was just gonna no i was just gonna point out one thing that i was while i was while i was the wheels were turning up here so if i let it go for too long i'll lose it but what i would say to the our electoral buddies that believe in this is go out there and vote in November, whenever it is. Okay, go vote. Go flip the fucking house. I hope you do. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they probably will. There okay. probably will be a blue but wave. Here's, here's what I here's what I want you to keep in mind, though. Okay, if those people that you vote in there are not making moves to either abolish the Supreme Court. I would say pack it out, but really, that's again, that's just sort of a uh, FDR kick the can down the road strategy. I mean, look, I'd be fine with it. If, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sure. Like, like, but what I'm saying is, I want a revolution, something that passes for a revolutionary gesture, anyway, from these fuckers that you insist and browbeat us <laughs> about hat, the importance of going and voting for. <laughs> if I don't see a revolutionary gesture from them. <laughs> That, and I don't say that for me or to like gloat or like, ha ha, see, I told you so. But what I'm saying is that should be, to use a DNC term, the litmus test. <laughs> <laughs> they do like that. I love the they phrase. They love that phrase. Means testing test. and litmus testing. I've used the phrase litmus test before for sure. Probably in the wrong way if you're like Probably me. Probably in the wrong way. <laughs> I, I do that so often. Well, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that, but... um. You know, and first off, let me say I don't mean revolutionary in like this is like the end all be all of our strategy and what we need to do here. What I'm saying is that like my hunch is they're not going to give that to you. No, because I've saw people like like the 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 one fellow Matt that responded to our thing the other day. He was like, "Well, if the Democrats win, they can you know add seats to the Supreme Court or whatever, and all this kind of stuff." Yeah, that's true. And the question is, they will they do that? If they don't move to immediately impeach Kavanaugh and they don't do something to fuck the court up, either abolish it, pack it, whatever they, they want to do, that tells you all you need to know about these people. Yeah, they're worthless. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the reason why I think me and you sort of get into this pattern of behavior where we are kind of, I don't know, we could be sort of snarky or dismissive or whatever is only because we spend too much time on Twitter. Well, that, but also <laughs> also though because these people are so cynical. They are openly brazen about exploiting you for just your vote. It's yeah. like you said the other day. It's like they ask you to vote for things. They make you think that everything is on the line at stake. They and then every they, time every campaign is the same. Yeah, they, they they don't even value your own humanity. No. And that's why it pisses us off so much. It's just no. like like you're worth more than that. Yeah. I, I, not only are you worth more than that, you are much more effective. Yeah. Especially when you combine your labor power with others. Yeah. 
whatever I don't know whatever form that's going to take you know what I mean like that's not for me to decide I've run a podcast yeah that's what that's what, that's what we do a, a major little startup yeah but um but yeah no th- these, these people will disappoint you and not only that not only will they disappoint you they'll probably throw you under the bus yeah you're just grist well, man, for the like, mill for I mean, them it's like it kind of got buried a little bit but i mean it's making the rounds on left twitter it's like uh, tom perez they're standard bears not not even dismissing the fact that they will not what what he wouldn't like what 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 was the thing about Democrats that support Kavanaugh like a mansion or oh. somebody like that? He said they would support Democrats that wanted to support Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah if yeah, they yeah. wanted to, if they wanted to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pure individualism, man. These people want you dead. I can't I can't spell it out any other way. They <laughs> yeah. want to kill you a little bit slower and a little bit nicer. They need your they, they need that tax revenue coming. Exactly, in. exactly. They are you are surplus to them. Yeah. You you are not a human. They don't you don't factor into their sort of android reading, their terminator like reading of society in any way yeah. other than surplus. What you can produce for the people at the top. Right. And some of them will try to pretend like they care a little bit more about you than the other ones, like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie. They'll be like, oh, for the middle class, uh, we should uh, you shouldn't have to work. <laughs> the millionaires and the billionaires, the, billionaires, the yeah. bad folks. <laughs> right. But they don't fucking care either. Uh, I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they maybe say they, they do. Okay, maybe they do. I, with them, I think it's more of a case of they're trying to square capitalism with... Yeah, a socialist type worldview. I mean, Elizabeth Warren doesn't even go that far. Like Elizabeth Warren is like an avowed capitalist. Like she doesn't even. That's I know true. she's popular in the progressive circles, but she's never. That's true. Said she's. I mean, at least Bernie says he's a socialist. That's true. You know, he's, whether he is or not, right, we can right. debate about he that all least. day long. But, <laughs> but, but at least he doesn't deny us. You know, in front of you know before right. man. Right. No, I mean th- th- this is a classic example of why there is a world after Trump. It is a hell world. Yeah. It is a world in which we kick the can further on down the road. The only <clears throat> conflict in, in front of us right now is what we do about this problem of capitalism. What we do about this problem yeah. of, of uh, you know, and, and capitalism isn't strictly an economic system. For that reason, you can't say that, like, you organize for strictly economic reasons or for strictly class or whatever. Capitalism contains everything wrong with our society. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's the underlying structure of it all. Yeah, I feel like um, <sighs> right now we're in the first couple of years of the tribulation. <laughs> uh, Tim follow me here. Follow me here. <laughs> and Write I feel like I feel like here's what's going to happen. We'll we'll get an Elizabeth Warren presidency in 2020 or somebody, somebody similar, Bernie, somebody. Uh huh. Okay, we'll flip the house. Like, it will feel really good. You know what I'm saying? Just like it's supposed to, the Bible says. <laughs> before <laughs> before it really gets bad. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, we'll fatten ourselves. We're basically fatten ourselves. We'll fatten ourselves. After Trump, we'll fatten ourselves for the day of the slaughter. Right. Right. And then the earth will warm up. <laughs> and the lake of fire will open and a dragon will come out. This is very... Spot on, actually. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I, I mean, I'm being ridiculous, obviously, but I feel like there's going to be a period right after Trump where everything's going to... F- it, it, I could be wrong about this. I mean, everybody botched the whole Trump-Hillary Clinton thing. But I feel like there's going to be... And we'll probably feel it. 
I mean, we'll probably feel like a, at least a little relieved that, okay, you know, there's not Nazis in, you know, the Homeland Security, you know, throwing out like oh, weird yeah. signals and all that stuff 1488, yeah. But in some ways, the other alternative is almost a little insidious. Like right now we can clearly identify the enemies. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, when the people that are supposed to be in the pocket for us take the reins, and then don't do anything to stomp this problem out once and for all. It f- it's just gonna it's just gonna fester and rear its head again. I right. mean, just I mean, look at like elect- just electoral pol- I mean, it happened with Ronald Reagan. It happened with George W. Bush. I mean, it's not out of the question. Trump wins a second term. He probably will at all. He probably will, particularly if there's a war that started in the next twenty four months, uh, which is also not out of the question. Yeah. No, he, he probably will. You know, it's um it's 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 really rough because um you have the immediate pressing issue and the and the immediate pressing need um to, you know, serve I don't know, to to meet the needs of the people that um need them. Yeah. And uh if you know, after watching that hearing on Thursday, it's just like It is such a perfect display of how I don't know how to say this without coming off as like sort of overly sincere or like overly earnest or whatever. So your eyes glazing up. That's weird. Am I crying? You look like you're crying a little bit. (laughs) God damn, dude. It's all an act. I've I've been trying to perfect this where I'm like I'll give speeches in front of the mirror like Brothers and sisters, <laughs> <laughs> working people. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, look seriously though. Um, these people hate women. They, they obviously, this was a perfect example of it. They not only you know we were talking about this last night. I think the vast majority of them believe that that what happened to Dr. Ford actually happened and they just do not Don't give care. a shit. Or indifferent to they, they hate women. They hate pretty much everybody that stands in their way of domination and, you know, and this is not, I'm not, this is not original. I think literally they said this on Chopper or whatever earlier this week. But the point is, is that you should f- sit down with that for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I think that the success of the Obama years was to make us think that people in power were looking out for us or that they weren't as bloodthirsty as they actually are. But they are. They don't care about you. You are surplus to them. They will gladly throw millions of you under the bus for their own self-preservation and for the preservation of the system. And for that reason, you can't trust the system. You can't, I don't know, I I don't know how to put it any other way. You can't trust the Supreme Court, no matter if there's nine progressive judges on it. They will, every single time. Add 15 seats to that motherfucker and put uh, Bernie, Elizabeth, all of them, and it doesn't matter. Because we live in a capitalist system, you are surplus to them. You are grist for the mill. It doesn't matter. I love when you tried out grist for the mill. (laughs) It does not. It, yeah, it does. Not, they, you are not a person to them. No. And um, interesting because the way they get you there is, is through this like hyper individual, this like 
pimping this hyper individualism. That all is the time. so true. Yeah, that is spot on. That is so bizarre. And in a weird way, it really robs you of your individualism. <laughs> you know why? Because you have to buy something to be an individual. Exactly. You know. Exactly. No, it, I mean that. That was. Um, I don't want to live in a society where we have to. Uh, where we have to trot out the obviously very true allegations of someone being just traumatized in you know and then just being pretty much laughed off you know totally disregarded yeah and i mean you think about that i mean especially if, when you're talking about like what happened to monica Lewinsky. yeah look what happened to i mean i mean like a lot of the more high profile women that have come and challenged men in power or getting ready to send the power or whatever. And look what happens to them. Right. That didn't need a hill. I mean I mean this is this is an unprecedented I think yeah. it's like we were saying last night, it's what the sort of contours of this aren't unprecedented. Yeah. What's unprecedented and I think the reason why everybody's in such a dark state of mind well, not, I'm not gonna speak for everybody. The reason why I think a lot of liberals are in a dark state of mind about this is because it's so norm shattering. Yeah. Because like if you you know the sort of, I guess the biggest norm that was shattered was Kavanaugh getting up there and basically going on a hyper-partisan rant about the Clinton conspiracy and, and all beer. this. Beer. and being not challenged in any way. All right. And, um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, um, and, and I think that freaks a lot of people out. Yeah. For the same reason it freaked a lot of people out um, when, you, you know, you had Trump, at his inauguration saying all this crazy just blood and soil shit bloods yeah god that damn i forgot about that That was so weird um it's it's so funny the kavanaugh thing because because like his behavior is textbook like do you remember like when the steroids and baseball thing popped off yeah really heavily yeah it reminded me <laughs> of rafael palmero before the I think it was the House or the Senate or whoever like was investigating all that stuff. Yeah, which was so fucking dumb. The whole steroids and baseball thing, but like, as a general rule, when the guys come out and hellfire and brimstone start pointing and get super defensive, I mean, like we all know that's pretty. Their that's their tail. Their yes, exactly. That's their tail. That's their tail. <laughs> yeah. So, and I just remember Rafael Palmero's speech was like. <laughs> I did not cheat. I did, you know, just was, and then like a couple weeks later, it's like, <laughs> okay, I did. And yeah. But so did everybody else. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what Kavanaugh did. Yeah. Um, well, you never, you never got drunk and blacked out. <laughs> that's literally what he said. Yeah. He's, do you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, dude, um, yeah, again, <clears throat> there's really not a whole lot you can say about it, um, because it, it was horrific and, um, and oh, it's terrible, um, but we have to start figuring out how we're going to change it. Yeah, before twenty twenty, we need to put in some kind. I mean, like we need to put in some serious work in the next few years. Yeah, because like I was saying in the DM today, if we don't come up with some kind of messaging or platform or something to challenge this idea that the system can be bargained with can be worked with well that's that's also the thing too like that's the common rebuke of like of the left it's like 
well, come up with something. Come up with something. And it's like nobody's saying that we have anything. What we're saying, we're, we're doing is pointing out what is proven to not work. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and it's the same. Marx did the exact same thing. Yeah. Marx didn't actually sit down and try to map out what a <laughs> socialist society looked at. Looked like he took <clears throat> capitalism and dissected it. Yeah. And so all that's why there's so many, many questions. That's why people are like, "Oh, is it okay to have small business? Is it okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay?" <laughs> it's like there's no blueprint. <laughs> right. It's right. like this is why it's alive and still growing, and right. why we need working people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. No. No. That's that's uh, spot on. Um, but, um, anyways, I had a, I had a, I had a, uh, person to DM me on Instagram today and he said, uh, you know, I'm a, a younger guy getting ready to, you know, I guess getting to, I sound like a fucking dad, the workforce. Um, uh, but you know, he's like, how, what would you recommend to, to do something that's not like absolutely soul crushing and all this kind of stuff. And the only advice I could offer him was like kind of what we've been talking about lately. Go somewhere where there's unions. Once you build a rapport, run for union leadership, try to make things better. That's like just it's kind of the baseline tangible thing that I that I could offer somebody. Look, it's a perfectly crafted silo for discussing like liberation politics and yeah. for discuss and for hashing out like um, I mean there's a very specific reason why people want to stomp out unions you know yes exactly <laughs> yeah that's exactly right and they're not perfect you know there's there, some bad there's ones there's some a lot yeah a lot of bad <laughs> BMW and the, we've, right. we've pointed out right there are some really bad ones and that's it all comes down to leadership and it all comes down to what you're willing to fight for and how yeah. hard you're willing to fight for it yeah um but yeah, no, I'd, I'd say that's that's pretty pretty great. Accurate. I'm just saying that's all I that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, as a podcast, as media makers, like our role is not even necessarily to again. This is not politics, right? This is not politics. Oh, this is you know, it's it's analysis, it's critique, it's humor, it's whatever. It's like we're we're trying to show you the contradictions. As uh, we see it, as we see it, and to sh- and to point out how the liberal theory of change is is flawed, and not only that, it's going to lead you into the wood chipper because we've <laughs> we've, we've seen it in our own lives. Exactly right. You know. Yeah, very very much. You know, I so. just I mean, it's, and the thing to me is just so patently obvious. It's like I love so many people that I worked with at the Clinton Foundation still do to this day. But I don't know how I square, like, these people that would do anything for me and I would do anything for them, that you go to work and Bank of America is on the walls everywhere. And, like, knowing what Bank of America does to people like my mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like me. <laughs> it got me for about 10K of private student loans. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, and then, like, knowing that these people that cause so much destruction to working people to poor people and these people that we're supposed to be looking for and voting to to change that butter their bread it's just like it's grotesque it's like grow up right grow up yeah no you're you're right um this is real shit you know yeah this is and this is why people think that it is some sort of game to be like uh 
to advocate for a sort of revolutionary method for social change. Yeah. It's not a game. Um, it actually requires quite a great deal of sacrifice and organizing. Yeah. And and thinking, you know, and, and mental capacity. Let me walk that grow up part back as a little infantilizing and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was on that train to about 2015, so I I know how it goes. I mean... Well, no, but I guess what kills me about it is that for a certain... You know, because I... Obviously, I think that privilege exists. Um, You know, and I think as a Marxist, you need to really grapple with that. You need to really think about it and what it means, uh, both from a theoretical framework, but also in your day-to-day life. But, um, But... you know, the way that liberals talk about privilege, for a group of society, people that talk about privilege so much, they're so resistant to the idea of systemic change. Yeah. And it's, and th- I mean, like, they really do think that, That's like, interesting. They really, yeah, exactly. And they really do think that, like, um, that privilege, the whole concept of it is this exercise of contrition, recognizing it within yourself, Presenting yourself as an ally and trying to, um, and then just hollering about it. Yes, yes, performatively showing holl- up. Exactly, exactly. It's kind of the. That's not politics. That I mean, again, the context it's of a like, good thing to do. It's I a mean, good thing to do in the context of a union or something like that. It's probably pretty necessary because it it informs <clears throat> how leadership is going to play out. It informs how power struggles are going to happen in the in the course and trajectory you take. Yeah. But as a person. Sitting in your living room with a fucking microphone, it changes jack shit. Yeah. Doesn't do anything. Yeah. Again, you should think about it a lot. You should meditate on it. You should think about it from a Marxist perspective and everything. But but as politics, it's it's not going to change anything if you, Tom Sexton, sitting on my couch, suddenly walk out of this and be like, oh, I have... I mean, white privilege, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it doesn't change. Maybe you're a little bit nicer in the real world, but it has zero effect on a systemic scale. On a systemic scale. Even if you got, like, a fucking millions of people to do it in this country, it still wouldn't have zero effect because the system, as I said earlier, is based on economic relations, property relations. Yeah. So you got to change that. You have to change that fundamental fact before you can... Yeah, uh, Katie. Katie Slinger said something interesting in the DM that I want to point out. That is talking about the uh, McDonald's workers striking not for more money, but to end sexual harassment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I remember how she put it. This is entirely a Katie's observation, but is an incredibly astute observation, which is that the McDonald's workers aren't striking for. Economic reasons, and that's they're not they're not striking for benefits. They're yeah. not striking for material benefits. They're striking for they're, humanity. They're, they're, they're challenging <laughs> right. a power relation. Right. They're challenging the very <clears throat> existence and notion of that power relation. Yeah. And that goes a lot way. That goes a lot further in getting you towards some sort of liberatory state than striking for. I mean, you know, you should be striking for material benefits, obviously. Yeah. I mean, because we all Given. need more money. <laughs> yeah. Um. But that should not be your only horizon. Right. Your, you know, your your main sort of goal should be challenging the the power relations, the yeah. property relations, the people that pull the strings in this right. economic basis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <sighs> Anyways, there's a bunch of loose thoughts. Yeah, I I feel really. Uh, I feel a lot better than I did when I walked in, though. Do you? See, yeah. I feel like I I didn't quite stick the landing like I thought I would. I, I think this is I think this is all right. I mean, it's not. 
you don't have you don't have to have a perfect oratory and like a seamless rapport all the time. I feel like you're right. You're you right. Know. Well, I'm a perfectionist. You know, I want everything to be perfect. Yeah. Um. But uh, what a what a mantle you've chosen to take up by hosting this podcast. Then as a perfectionist. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Oh fuck, dude! I have to tell you something that happened to me last night at the fair at the Mountain Heritage. <laughs> last night at the fair, <laughs> dude. It's the, I don't know if Alex told you about it. The funniest goddamn thing happened. I don't know why I didn't tell you this when we got back to the apartment. You know how Sally, your dog, um, sometimes if there's a lot of people around, she'll get really excited. Pensive. She'll get really excited and try to lead you try to yeah. pull you on the leash and as a result she kind of like chokes, chokes herself <laughs> and then she'll start breathing really loud like <sighs> yeah like she's wheezing yeah well we were walking up the street me and alex and and the and we had sally with us and this lady and uh i think it was this lady she was with her family she was like she got really freaked out for a second she was like oh man she's like out of the corner of my eye i thought you she was talking to me she was like i thought the guy was on the leash and the girl was walking him <laughs> Hey, we're not kink shaming or anything. <laughs> I lost it, dude. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, you thought I was? Yeah. You thought that was me making that noise?" She was like, "Yeah." <laughs> dude, fairs are so goddamn funny because you, at every fair you will always see like a um, like two fourteen-year-olds like huddled up against the bridge, like holding each other's um, belt loops. You know, really close to each other and just like putting their noses together, just like I love you, baby. Yeah, I love you, I love baby. You, baby. I love you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like the angsty shit because they have like nowhere else to like hide or. What make is it out about of. the fair that makes you like uh, horny? Well, not horny, but just like you know, Sentimental? sort of wax poetic like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Maybe it's because for me it was always like that. I was always like, oh, am I, am I gonna go ride that Ferris wheel with this girl? Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Like I always like. Well, it, I think what it is is that it helps you get lost in the crowd. It's it's like your only escape for. Because um, I remember this too. Like when I was like in eighth grade, I remember going to the fair. I loved it, man. It's yes, just, and it was always trying to jockey <laughs> for like like a girl's attention. Or exactly, something. exactly. Yeah, I think that's it though. It it is it allows you to be in a sort of isolated space. Like if you're on the Ferris wheel, yeah. Your dream, your fantasy is that the Ferris wheel gets stop stop stuck. And you're stu- um, stuck at the top, and then you have this really like movie like moment. Yeah, and you then know. you get a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine being in a Ferris wheel and you're sitting there, and um, you know you're sitting there with like your buddy or or maybe even your girlfriend or wife or whatever, and then <laughs> <laughs> you're just ruining everybody else's moment. Right, it, it hits your leg. You're like, what the fuck? You look up and some kid's getting jacked up. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> oh, shit. Love it, baby. <laughs> well, let's see. We got some shout-outs this week. Um, I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do. God, I hope they're still with us after this one. Um, give us give us, a, give us a break. You know, as all morning I was like, what are we going to say? How are we going to talk about this? In a way that, like, makes sense and we're not like... I don't know, man. Because yeah, that's the thing. A lot of the times, I'm like, man, I sound insufferable, or that I just have no <laughs> business talking about this. Right, right. Or that I'm just not smart enough, or whatever. Right. Um. So we got uh, a video game idiot 
<laughs> Thank you, video game idiot. You might like the fo- the movie Existence. <laughs> Let's see people on the TLC that you you're in the DMs recommending this movie to so many people. <laughs> to multiple people. <laughs> yeah, if I got Terrence Ray pops up in your DMs, you're gonna get this recommendation. <laughs> Just don't open it. Don't <laughs> uh Brian Underwood. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Uh, let's see. Thanks, Brian. My girlfriend's aunt emailed me. I'm just going down here. Emailed me to uh, say, go Cats, because Kentucky had a big win last night. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Uh, Are they 5-0 and o now? 5-0, and o, baby. How you feel about that? Pretty excited. Man, I'm feeling weird, dude. I'm feeling weird about football. I'm excited about that, but you see this headline this morning this kid from tennessee state is in critical condition after like taking a hit on the football field yesterday fuck man it's just like i don't know man just kind of well i was thinking about that because we were watching the game last night and that guy got ejected for targeting or whatever yeah. and it's just like i mean okay but can you really it's sort of like capitalism like how the fuck do you take out the central point how do you of know the whole... this is not gonna happen yeah 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 but like... these are the hits we're trying to eliminate in football and it's like okay <laughs> That actually is a good metaphor for, for liberalism, <laughs> honestly. Right, right. You can't reform it. What they're just trying to do is make it nicer. A nicer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Brockway. Thank, Thank you, Thomas. Thomas. The, you're the Brockway. Uh, Bill Grazier. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Or, Bill, maybe you're a Grazier. If you're a Frazier in eastern Kentucky, that's how we'd say. Yeah, Grazier. Uh, Thanks, William. Morgan Hobson. Shout out, Morgan. Hey, um, your last name sounds like where I was raised. <laughs> You're Hobson. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, now they're getting sparse. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Shout out to Nairi. How about Darakaru? Thank you. Shout out. Shouts out to Darakaru. I like Patreon episodes. I feel like they're better than our... They're getting better than our public ones. Oh, yeah. You think uh, so? Yeah, I think so. Bo Bassett Adwan. Thanks, Bo. Uh, John Blake. Thank you, John. Shout out, John Blake. Let's see. Katie Rose. Thank you, Katie Rose. Damn. Thank you, Katie. Oh, do, 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 do. Thank you for your patronage. I start to say Lindsay Terrace, uh, but that is my colleague, but still shout out Lindsay. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Lindsay. Lindsay's cool. Let's see here. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Let's see. Uh, let me read something for you. Go ahead. I think we are... This is actually very this is actually very um relevant to our discussion today. This is something that Mark said, and it's included at the beginning of this book I have of Rosa Luxemburg's Rosa Luxemburg's selected political Who writings. Said? Mark's Oh, I thought you said Mark. Mark. It's like the guy in the Bible. Mark's oh, okay. He said this is actually very relevant to this episode, actually. We do not face the world in doctrinaire fashion declaring, Here is the truth, kneel here. We do not tell the world, cease your struggles. They are stupid. We want to give you the true watchword of the struggle. We merely show the world how it actually struggles. And consciousness is something that the world must acquire, even if it does not want to. So, that is, uh, 
That's what we say to the libs. That's what we say to everybody. Yeah. It, you you have to. You've got to get red pilled <laughs> with communism. <laughs> the good kind of red pilled, not the bad kind. Oh, I mean that's the thing, though. That's what that's what it, that's what it is. That's what Marxism is. It, it, it is a scientific framework for understanding the world. It's not these. It's not like some ideological screen you put over your eyes. That's what liberalism is. Yeah. It clouds your ability to see the world as it currently exists. Yeah. Marxism is the the uh, the thing that gives you diamond like clarity into yeah. into its inner workings, the yeah. system's inner and, workings. And also another distinction I want to make about liberalism too is like nobody's talking about liberalism in the sense that we all believe in like free inquiry and you right. know, all those Values of whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, we we believe obviously we have a podcast. We want free inquiry. <laughs> <laughs> that proves it. Yep, yep, yep. Oh man, man, you should read this essay though, Tom. Social. Let me, let me social take that with me if you're. Social reform. I think I have two copies of this book. Actually, I'll give you mine. Okay, so I don't have to give it back. But. Um. Not even if you gave me your only copy, you'd never give it back. Books are one of those things. If you lend somebody a book, don't expect to get it back. Oh, totally. Yeah, <laughs> you, you. I, I, as soon as I lend somebody a book, I'm like, man, I'll never see that one again. <laughs> 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 yes, 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 yes. But, um, man, there's really just so many good quotes. I, I wanted to read them, but I'm not fast enough to. I'm not fast enough on my. Oh, anyways, should we call? Should we call this? Yeah, one? We'll, we'll go ahead. We probably the, the, cut a little bit there. At the end, this is the stuff you should know podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I, every time I'm looking through the iTunes thing or whatever, it's like the top ten podcasts is one of them is stuff you, you should, should know. know. <laughs> From NPR, this is invisibilia. This is, this is stuff you should know. There was a Holocaust. I don't remember who was involved, but that doesn't matter. There was a civil war. You should know that. <laughs> there's an ocean. There's a few. <laughs> there's an ocean. There's. They say there's several, but it's really just one big ocean. <laughs> oh fuck! Do you think there's anybody in the world who knows the Holocaust happened, but like totally forgot about who, where the the uh, the varying figures involved figures were? Figures involved were. They're like, there's a, a Holocaust. But I don't remember who that is. Uh, that is something I was thinking about the other day. Is like, are there people in the world that like know about things historically, but like that's it, just so far removed from them? Like even these like huge world changing things, where they're like Adolf Hitler, Adolf <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> hmm. but where have I heard that? Where have I heard that name? <laughs> Osama. Osama. <laughs> Ben Laden. Somebody did point out because I had that theoretical on that I had that hypothetical on that one episode that was like, do you think there's anybody who tries to steal valor the opposite way with 9/11? Who oh, that was, was a good bit. Who, who was there but is tries to pretend like they weren't. Yeah. And someone pointed out on Twitter. Oh fuck! I wish I could give him credit. Um, someone pointed out on Twitter. They were like, someone was having an affair. Oh no! It was uh, it was uh, Matt. Uh, it's my buddy that the the vegan. Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said somebody was having an affair, and they were at the office that morning, and then they had to pretend <laughs> that they weren't actually at the building. <laughs> as their coffin smoke up. <laughs> that was good, was it? 
They're like, yeah, they're like getting dust Matt out Gardner, of Matt Gardner, Matt Gardner. Right, right. Sorry, man. I don't know how boss your last right. ass. They're like, yeah, they're <laughs> putting, running their hands through their hair and dust is just coming out of it. No, I, no, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Damn drywall coming out of the ceiling at the office. <laughs> um, good closing bit. All right, that's a, that's a wrap on that one. We'll see you all later this week. See ya.